Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coming up this week, the Paris terror attacks force Disneyland Paris to close. Captain EO is officially going away on December 6th. Disney is going to begin accepting digital gift cards in the parks. And we'll have details on the new video game, Star Wars Battlefront, which was released today. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 861 for the week of November 17th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hello. Steve Porter. Hello. Julie Martin. Hi. And back in the production nook, associate producer Rhino Clavin. Hello. Along with producer Craig Williams. Greetings. Well, welcome everybody. I'm hope I hope you're having a good week. That you had a good weekend. Uh, got a lot to talk about today. Um, a lot in housekeeping actually to talk about. First, I want to let everyone know that we will not be recording uh, or broadcasting any shows next week for Thanksgiving. Uh, everybody's got kind of got a big schedule, busy schedules. I've got a lot of family coming into town this weekend. So we just decided it was easier this year uh, not to do a show on Thanksgiving. Yay. So, <laughs> the first time hearing about it. Okay, great. Yeah, well, <laughs> be thankful. Give thanks on this Thanksgiving. That will be my thing when we have the turkey, Kevin. Well, we, we don't have to do a show, but uh, the Universal show will be going live ah. on Thursday, uh, on Thanksgiving, um, and we will not feed them. And that will be your, that will be our turkey. <laughs> no, no, no shows next week, folks. Um, and then just to let everybody know, December 8th is going to be our last live show for the year coming out of, uh, out of the studio, but we are going to be putting up some special things some special pre-recorded things uh, that you can look forward to for the remainder of the year. So, but I believe our, our first our first live show of the new year will be uh, January fourth. I think it is. So, that's our schedule moving forward. Um, Want to remind everybody to check out the Diz Unplugged app on the uh, Google Play Store and the uh, uh, iPhone App Store. It's free. Just Take a look, disunplugged.com. You can find a link to it in our show notes page, disunplugged.com. And uh, just made some updates to the app, so you should check that out. You can get all the shows, the other fun things. Are we also on the YouTubes? (laughs) What? On the YouTubes, you know that thing? Yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) Keep coming back. Um... Also want to uh, send out another call for contributors uh, for articles uh, on the Diz. If you're interested in writing for us, uh, we're paying $50 an article, and you can find a link to where to sign up on DizUnplugged.com on our show notes page. And uh, we had some great articles. One of our most prolific uh, writers sitting here now, Mr. Hello. Steve Porter. <laughs> But we're not going to cut to him because apparently he just doesn't matter. He is not important. All he did was say hello. 
There he is. Uh, There's Steve Porter. Well, I can say something about this. I will say if you really like Disney and you think you have something to say about uh, Disney, it's an awesome thing to contribute. Um, I, it was an outlet for me for a really long time to just get home from work, write about Disney from upstate New York, and it was a way to connect down here. So. And now he's here. And now I'm here, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, also, I had the pleasure of doing an interview with another podcaster. Um, it was uh, on the Disney Movie Review, Disney Movie Review, uh, thedisneymoviereview.com, slash disunplugged, if you'd like to hear the interview. We'll have a link to that in the show notes page. And uh, people are telling me they thought it was a, a really good interview. It was a, it was a great, we had a great time. I felt, felt like I made a new friend. Uh, this guy's fantastic. Um, so be sure to check that out. And, uh, of course, uh, want to make a plug for the rest of the Diz Unplugged family of shows. The Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged goes live every Sunday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com. The shows go up on iTunes on Mondays and Tuesdays. This week, Nancy Johnson completes her look at shopping at Downtown Disney, and the team shares their highlights from the new season of The Force going on out in, out in Disneyland. It's Star Wars. Part of their Star Wars <laughs> stuff for those of you looking perplexed. Uh, the two of you in the room who did not right. know. You're the biggest fans here. Um, I knew. The trip with Jenny Lindop and Teresa Eccles every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, disunplugged.com. This week they are doing a dining review of the restaurant Slate, and that's over on iDrive, right? Uh, no, it's actually right connected to the uh, Trader Joe's in. Uh, off of Sand Lake. Oh, okay. So over in Dr. Phillips area. So, All right, that's coming up this Wednesday. And, of course, this Thursday, the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged with Craig Williams, Rhino Clavin, and Jenny Lynn Knopp. And uh, what do you... <laughs> <laughs> what do you... Hold on a second. Jackie, it's okay to come into the nook. <laughs> Jackie Gailey, uh, Gailey was supposed to be on the show this week, but she's running late and... Um, so we had to go live and uh, couldn't wait for her because she decided to, I don't know, come via Daytona. Um, but uh, so, Craig, what is your uh, she's not going to be able to be seen. She's so short um, sitting behind that monitor. We're going to do like a phone book or something. There she is. We'll switch in just a second after I explain what's happening on the Universal show this week. Uh uh, this week on the Universal Show, we are going to have a review uh, of Vivo, uh, the Italian kitchen that's at Universal City Walk because we think it is one of the, uh, well, the last times we ate there, we thought it was one of the best things. So we want to do a re-review for everyone uh, to give them an option for what to eat when they're coming to Dizapalooza coming up real soon. And I haven't, uh, I haven't been there since it was Pasta More, I have which never I been loved there. Pasta More. So yeah. JL and I ate there last. February, I want to say that was the last time, and it was an enjoyable meal. So, okay, I look forward to us reviewing it. Oops. All right, whose phone is still on? That was my computer. Okay, mute. All right. Um, also, want to ask you to send us any of your suggestions or comments on the show by visiting disunplug.com/contact or emailing us directly at podcast at disunplug.com. And, of course, show notes uh, and links to everything we discuss here on the show. Just head out to disunplugged.com, and you'll find links and to the archives for all our shows and show notes for all our shows and all that good stuff. 
So anybody else have anything for housekeeping? Okay. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say congratulations again to Craig and Kylie, the newest Mr. and Mrs. Williams. Yes, indeed. They got married last Friday at 5 p.m. It was beautiful. We had a lovely time celebrating with them, and I didn't want that to get uh, – Left out. Okay. I lost. Uh, I lost my bet that Kylie was going to ditch him at the altar. Um, so. And she was beautiful, and so was Craig. Well, she's always beautiful. <laughs> she's always beautiful. But the pictures, yeah, the pictures on Craig's Facebook page of from the wedding were wonderful. So congratulations, Mr. Williams. Thank you. How are you, Jackie? Well, I am doing much better now that I'm here. Does she have a mic that's on? She does now. Yeah. I'm doing so much better now that I'm here. So I did something really ridiculous, actually. So I might as well share it live because that's, I mean, everybody's human, right? <laughs> so I put my iPhone in this little spot in my dash that has a push button that changes the clock. And so I actually thought I was running two hours early. <laughs> oh, my. And so, because I wanted to get down in the area so that I could go to Starbucks that's not very far from your house and kind of hang out there and do a few things and just kind of, you know, kick back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anything else for housekeeping? No? Nope. All right. We're going to throw it over to Johnny with the news. All right. Our first news story. Captain Iota closed permanently on December 6th. Disney has announced the upcoming closure of the Captain EO film at Walt Disney World. The attraction, housed in Epcot's Magic Eye Theater, will close December 6th and will be replaced by Disney and Pixar Short Film Festival. The 4D experience will include a look into the visionary minds behind some of the world's most iconic animated films today. Guests will wear 3D glasses and watch three animated shorts come to life. Captain, Emo, Captain EO, I almost said Emo, Captain EO had its initial run from 1986 to 1994 and then returned in 2010 after Jackson's death. It was always listed as being, quote, temporary, but until now, no end date had been announced. Well, I mean, only Disney would, you know, do something temporarily and make it last for five years, kind of like, <laughs> kind of like one of their celebrations. And there's no opening date for the new attraction as of yet. So are these going to be existing shorts, do we think? Is it going to be shorts that have already been before movies? Or are they going to I make hope new they're ones? new. I mean, like, I love the existing shorts. We have, you know, the DVDs that have all of those, but I want to see some new ones. <laughs> well, I mean, at the very least, these will, you know, be 3D or, or excuse me, 4D, which 4D. means, like, crap's going to come flying at you. Um, <laughs> oh, I hate that short. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I like the song. Uh, you know, look, I, 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 always, I always loved Captain EO. I loved it when I, you know, saw it when I was coming down here back in the 90s. And um, <clears throat> I, I did go back and see it again. Uh, when it when it re-debuted a few years ago, um, I'm I'm okay with it going away. Yeah, I'm okay with it going. There away. are things that are of its time, mm -hmm. and of its time, Captain Nemo was incredible. It was so yeah. new and so different, and he was so hot, and yep. he was you know the thing out there. So it had its place in time, but you know stuff has to go away. Yeah, the only thing I can really think about in terms of the shorts is it. <laughs> I, I think they are going to end up being the same ones they've already recycled and have been using uh, in front of the movies. Just because with the 4D, uh, the Captain EO Theater is built to be 4D right away because it's built on that turntable that can move it and bounce it up and down. So I think about stuff like uh, the Get a Horse short that came out a couple years ago. The what? 
Get a horse. I it sounds like he's saying ghetto horse. I didn't hear ghetto the horse. SE. I didn't hear the SE on no, the other horse. I thought he said ghetto horse. <laughs> I thought he said ghetto whore. <laughs> I mean, you can uh, do that too. I don't want too. that one to be 4D. It's <laughs> 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 rough. <laughs> I think they should use the tank. I'm sorry, I think that's what you said. I'm like, what, um, which, what was that about? I thought it was like a Trojan horse. I, don't. I have favorites. So I love the, uh, obviously, Frozen Fever. I think that one would be a good one for a 40, especially with those little snow buddies. And then um, Tangled Ever After would be a good one, too. In my I don't opinion. think any of those are Pixar movies, though. But they're shorts. Well, it says Disney, it says <laughs> Disney and Pixar. Oh, right? oh, just, oh cool. Just I Pixar. think The Bird on the Wire. I don't remember what the name of it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I like good. that one. Uh, there's been a, there's been a lot of good there ones. There are a lot of great ones. But obviously, this is a placeholder. The real question is, this is not a this is not going to be permanent. Then again, neither was Captain EO, and that's been five years. But um, I wonder what it is they plan to put in its place. Cause it's going to have dreams or magic in the title. You know it is. But I wonder. I wonder what you know. What they might, what they might do. Anybody have any speculation? Any any ideas? Any suggestions about what they might do? I, I think it'll still be a 3D show, whatever it is. Okay, well, thanks for narrowing that down. Yeah. I like brains <laughs> and magic too. So hey, I, I really don't know. Uh, it's, do you think? Do you, you know one? You know, uh, do you think Star Wars or Frozen? I, I think, think both of those now have a place in. The respective theme parks. That we don't okay, need and to you everywhere. think, and, you, and and the Disney you're thinking of practices restraint. That's true. <laughs> I don't think it'd be frozen just because of the ride. Like it would, it would be weird to have one attraction over here and one way over here. So I, that's why I wouldn't say frozen, but maybe Star Wars. Well, or Marvel. It also still I has to fit into that sort of area of the park too. I mean, we have to hope that Disney's going to no, not yeah. just throw something weird in there that doesn't fit. I feel like it could become a permanent showcase for showing off the brand new movies and spin it in a way like, you know, it's the Imagination Pavilion. See what we're imagining that's coming up next. That's a good idea. I think they that. should do something I think that would be an absolute travesty if they use that as, like, trailer theater. It's what they do um, in California, right? In the in the old Muppet Theater? Or the, or the Captain EO Theater? I don't know what it is. I think Captain they should do something with the buildings of the parks for the 50th anniversary. I mean, like, make a movie about yeah. How the parks came to be. Hmm. That'd be cool. Could be interesting. That would be. Be very interested to see what uh, what they might what they might do with that because you know, I, like I said, obviously, you know, going with shorts uh, from Disney and Pixar. This is stuff they already have. They're not going to be creating new stuff. So this is very easy for them to retrofit and put into that theater. So clearly for me, that's a placeholder. So I wonder what comes next. It might be something like a preview of Avatar Land. Might be like a preview center for the new parks, the new um, areas of the parks. Yeah, could I'm, be. I'm excited for if there's ever a point when it's not like every little thing is like a preview for something that's coming though. Like I feel <laughs> like it's like why can't we just have it when it's like all right here here's the actual park and like we're not just like waiting for the next thing. It seems like it's. Did you con- realize that's our job, right? No, but it's <laughs> it's just a constant state of them like so we're waiting for something else. I don't know. I mean, it's a good thing because it means new things are coming. But Disney started this really during the millennium, and that was they had those preview centers up, and they had models, and people lost their minds. So you know, if it works, it works, I guess. But mm-hmm. this is probably going to be one of those things that depends on what the next big thing is. Right. Whatever the next big thing is that they're able to now take and make it into an experience is what we'll see in there, hopefully. All right. All right. Our second news story. 
Disneyland Paris closes in the wake of the terror attack in Paris. In the wake of the tragic attacks in Paris that left over 130 people dead, Disneyland Paris will remain closed until Wednesday. Initially, both theme parks were closed on Saturday, November 14th, the day after the attacks. Euro Disney President Tom Wolper provided the following statement on the Disneyland Paris website. Quote, We mourn those lost to the horrific attacks in Paris. We pray for the injured and we hold them all in our hearts. As part of France's three-day national mourning period, Disneyland Paris will remain closed through Tuesday, December, Tuesday, November 17th. The Bataclan, the concert hall where more than half of the total casualties took place on Friday night, is less than an hour from Disneyland Paris. Early in 2015, after similar attacks in Paris, one of the Disneyland Paris hotels, Disney Sequoia Lodge, was evacuated due to suspicious suspicions of a shooter at large in the area that turned out to be a false alarm. This is the first time the park is closed to the public since opening in 1992. The company plans to reimburse guests for tickets purchased for this time period. Well, I guess we all know that this is really, really sad. Oh, it is, you know, terribly sad. We had just been there two weeks prior, and it's just just heartbreaking. Um, Imagining what these people are going through and what happened, and it's not over. You know, the news has new reports coming in, so just really, really sad. I think the good news is, is that Disneyland Paris is pretty far from Disneyland. It's a good hour and a half drive. From Paris. From Paris. What did I say? Disneyland. From Disneyland. Disneyland Paris is a good hour and a half drive from Paris. So I don't believe it. I think that's with traffic. I think it's only 25 or 30 miles outside of Paris. I still don't think it was... You know, I think people hear Paris and they immediately think Disneyland Paris and they thought that perhaps something was going to happen there. I think the other way around. I think people hear Disneyland Paris, they think Paris. Well, I don't think everybody hears Paris and goes, oh, Disneyland Paris. No, I mean, when people heard of these attacks, one of the first things I think people said, who are Disney fans, thought, well, something was going to happen at the park. Right. And I think that it's important to notice that it was pretty far away and nothing did happen. Well, I know there was a a very touching tribute uh, going on at uh, the French Pavilion in Epcot. Yeah, I saw uh, a couple backstage photos of uh, flowers and teddy bears and uh, flags that were given to the cast members. And I just think it was a nice touch because a lot of those cast members are from France and they're probably away from home. And this is a hard thing to be away from friends and family while this is all going on. So I just thought it was really nice that they did that for them. Something else to consider. I read a tweet the other day that said Paris is getting a great deal of attention but there have been other attacks in other parts of the world and we seem to have overlooked them and someone else tweeted afterwards which i thought was very smart that other attacks happen in parts of the world where strife is day-to-day thing in paris which is fair mostly peaceful this comes across as a bigger shock right to the the bomb the bomb and car bomb however we don't want anybody to think that we don't think of those people also well one of the things that has uh, definitely been coming into our inbox this week uh, have been emails from folks wondering about security and safety at the parks. Uh, you know, Disneyland Paris, Tom Mulber had said that in, uh, to, uh, to honor the, the call for three days of national mourning is why they closed the parks. Uh, but it should be no surprise to anyone that, of course, you know, Disney parks are a, a, a prime target, um, and there have been many 
terror plots that have been uh, exposed that were targeting, uh, especially Disneyland out in California. And uh, we got an email from, uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name, uh, Severine Dijon in France. Uh, one of our listeners who wrote, Hi, everybody. I love your show and the team. Thank you for all the information for making my day. You are so genuine and open-minded and real. Do you think Walt Disney World is prepared enough against terrorist attacks? Uh, Disneyland Paris is closed for four days because of what happened in Paris. Um, and we received many, many emails uh, this week like this. A lot of people concerned about security. Now, first and foremost, I want to say I am not, nor is anyone in this room, privy to really what Disney's security measures are. And that's a good thing. Disney plays those cards very, very close to their vests. What I can tell you is this. Um, one person had written that, you know, I never see any security around the parks. That's intentional. They don't want, they're not going to have guys walking around the parks with AK-47s. <laughs> um, instead, what they, what they do is, I know this for a fact, Disney hires an extraordinary number of off-duty Orange County sheriffs that come in plain clothes. They look like tourists, and they are everywhere. And I know the security measures that Disney takes are extraordinary, and the vast majority of them are are, are very covert. Um, we know this because uh, reports have surfaced over the years that the Department of Homeland Security has gone to Disney for advice in securing places that were very busy, high-traffic areas. Uh, and, and to think that Disney's not conscious. You know, we talk about this all the time, that you know, at the end of the day, this is a business, and they're concerned about their bottom line. They have to be. They're a publicly traded company. Sometimes we think they go too far, and we call them out for it. But at the end of the day, if anybody thinks for a second that Disney doesn't sweat bullets at night worrying about this, a terror attack in one of their parks would be absolutely catastrophic. Absolutely catastrophic to their business. So I know that an enormous, I don't know what they do, I just know that there is an enormous amount of money and resources that are spent on this and have been, especially since 9-11. A lot of it has to come down to just the training that they have to go through. So I, I was told this from security at Universal, so I have to believe that it's true, but uh, at Universal, you can't be hired as a security guard unless you go through like actual strict classes um, with either a police force or from other type of uh, security position. So a lot of people want to just be hired in right away, like they do get hired in straight away at Disney, but because they go through so much uh, strict classwork in learning how to be good security guards, it's then pretty much makes them eligible to be security guards anywhere in any of the other theme parks. So hmm. it's it's that good that this is the, the benchmark for where you need to be in order to move out into the world. There are some measures we know for a fact that Disney has taken. Um, after 9-11, the big push for security, obviously, is those checkpoints. And I know we all seem to say the same thing, oh, they'll never, it seems silly that they're checking my bag. You'd be surprised at what they catch at those There's, checkpoints. There is no security going into Disneyland Paris. None. Well, there is the there is the checkpoint when you come off the train. Right. 
But, but you can come through the hotel and there's not. But the other thing that they do in Walt Disney World is they install those barricades. They're really conscious of protecting their backstage areas. So they've installed barricades that, I forget what the statistic is, but can stop you know a tremendous amount of force. And they pop up out of the ground and they sort of stop things. So they're conscious of that. Also, the other thing I know for a fact that they did is a lot of their infrastructure was upgraded after 9-11. They took a lot of the stuff that was very, very sensitive and they moved it to areas and places where they would be more protected in case of an attack. Back when pin trading first started, uh, for a while, the big they had a great big table in the world of Disney at Downtown Disney. And I used to go a lot. John and I used to go a lot. And after spending some time in there, you would see the same people again and again. And I got to be friendly with one of them and come to find out he was an undercover uh, security guard. But you would never know that. Mm-hmm. The only reason I knew it was because I would see him over and over again. <laughs> and I, well, he wasn't pin trading, and I thought, well, he's, he can't be shopping this much. <laughs> and now there are cameras everywhere. Right. Pretty much every inch of Disney property also, is patrolled by a camera. All you have to do is one thing that's out of line and watch people come out of the woodwork. Out I've of the told woodwork. this story yep, before I've seen it, yeah. about someone doing the Xena Warrior Princess call, and all of a sudden there were people... I didn't even know people were there, and they came out of the woodwork and told us to, not, not us, told him to stop doing that. Yes, Kevin, stop. <laughs> I can't do it anyway. Um, but I think I think there's far more surveillance, and you're being watched far more closely Absolutely. than you would ever know. And I think that's kind of the point. They it want is. you to have a good they time. They can't, you know, if there are certain places where you want security to be a show of force. You want to be intimidating. You know, I remember after 9-11 going through an airport and there were guys carrying AK-47s around the airport. And that's kind of nerve-wracking. But at the same time, it's like, okay, there's a lot of security here and I want to see that. I don't want to see that when I'm at the most magical place on Earth. And so Disney has to not only develop technology, utilize technology, manpower, to secure their, their 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 parks, their resorts, they have to do it in a covert way. And you know, if anybody thinks bag check at the front of the park is the first and last line of security, you're sorely mistaken. It's not. And the other thing I want to say is this: you always hear people say the safest time to fly is after there's been a major accident. Because everybody's watching their, you know, paying attention and everybody's like making sure the planes are okay. Um, I think it's the same thing here. Safest time to be in the parks, forgive me, is after some horrific incident like this where it kind of brings that that threat back to life. Heightened sense of awareness. That heightened sense of awareness. There also, um, <laughs> we talk about the bag check. The people in chat are talking about how the bag checks aren't very thorough. It's like going through airport security. I, I don't think that's the be-all and end-all. It's not that they didn't find it there. I think there are people who are watching you go through bag check. Mm-hmm. I think there are people who watch you go through airport security. And there are people who are trained to look for certain behaviors and certain right. things like that. Um, and say what you want. Say what you want. Everybody, everybody is putting a fingerprint on file every time they walk in. I went off on this years ago. Um, 
you know, to, to get into the park. You use your you use your your pass and a thumbprint or a fingerprint in order to verify your identity. Now, according to Disney, they only capture I think it's six or seven points on your fingerprint in order to identify you. They are not capturing the full fingerprint. I never believed that. I believe that Disney absolutely has a database full of the fingerprints of every single person that has come into their parks. And if you think that that's not, that can't be cross-referenced against Homeland Security? I don't have a problem with this. Me neither. No. I do and I don't. I, I really am of two minds on it. There, There's... Um, one of our local radio personalities used to say, buy your books with cash, because Homeland Security is tracking what books you purchase at Barnes & Noble. And I think to myself, I don't care about that either. <laughs> Good. I, I, please go get the person who is buying how to make homemade bombs, okay? Right. Go after him. <laughs> go after him, please. Um, or, and, you know, I don't, I, I guess, I guess if I was doing things that were nefarious, I might have a problem with it, but... I don't. I just don't. I don't have a problem opening my bag. Other than the fact that they insist that I take it off, which annoys me, but um, you can't look at it while it's around my shoulder. Right. Uh, other than that, I don't have a problem with it. Well, I always remember the quote from uh, from Benjamin Franklin, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And I think that in the wake of terror attacks has kind of gone out the window. Um, I do understand the need for security, and I do understand the need for heightened measures in order to secure uh, secure the country, precious landmarks, things like that. I get that. But there's also... There's also the issue. There's also the privacy issue. And, and I, I, you know, while I understand the security issue, I think the privacy issue tends to get overlooked, um, and it shouldn't. Not that there aren't times where privacy is going to have to take a back seat to safety, but I don't think it should be so casually overlooked as it tends to be. You know, this is all. Look, here's the bottom line. Okay, here's the bottom line. If somebody wants to do something inside a Disney theme park, they're going to do it. Okay? They're going to do it. If they want to attack somewhere in the United States, they're going to attack somewhere in the United States. There is no possible way that every single attempt can be prevented. There's also, life was very different when Benjamin Franklin said that. I understand that. I, I understand mean, we all that. use cell phones and computers, so our privacy is pretty much gone. I, I understand that. My point is... My point is that we can either we can either live from a place of fear where we you know automatically assume something awful is going to happen. Some bad things happen. Bad things happen. We can do everything we can to try and prevent it. But we cannot stop living our lives either out of fear. Because, the you know, how many people, the number of people I know that won't get on a plane because they're afraid it's going to crash. Now, do planes crash? Sure. Is it incredibly rare? Yes. You want to know what's even more rare? Terrorist attacks. Terrorist attacks on, on, on American soil. You want to know what's even more rare than that? Terrorist attacks at Disney World. Is that to say it can't happen? Of course it can happen. Of course. Let's, let's be honest. Do I, you know, do I think it's going to? I, I don't know. 
I certainly hope it doesn't. I certainly hope Disney continues to invest the time and effort and energy and manpower that they have been investing, especially over the last 14 years, in, in preventing that. But at the same time, I don't think, you know, somebody said to me, uh, because I, I didn't go on the Paris trip with you guys, oh, aren't you glad you didn't go to Paris now? I'm like, no, I'm not glad I didn't go to Paris. If I had the opportunity, I'd go back again. I'd go back tomorrow. I'd go tomorrow if I had yeah, the opportunity. We have a friend who says, well, you shouldn't travel. That's it. Don't go overseas. Don't go to Europe. You're crazy. It would not stop me. And that's, you know, but that's also that's also kind of the self-centered thinking that people tend to, that it's going to happen to me. I'm going to be the one that's going to be the victim of a terrorist attack. You, no, you're probably not. You have a much better chance of winning the lottery. So get over yourself. Um, Going back to Disney security, though, I do think it speaks to the fact that no, no major incident has happened there. And not just terrorists, but there are things in Knockwood. There are things that, you know, are not terrorist acts that people perform all over our country, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that has not made its way into sort of the Disney theme park. And I think that speaks to the security that's in place. So I think it's working, whatever they're doing. But also, you know, to keep in mind that a lot of times... <laughs> you can take all the precautions in the world, but the one thing you fail to imagine is the thing that will happen. That's why I say it's impossible to guarantee. But does that mean you stay home and sequester yourself from any experience out of fear? Now, if you want to live that way, you can. I mean, there's some certain things you do that are just common sense. There are places in the world I wouldn't travel to that are unstable or unsafe, generally speaking, a lot of places in the Middle East, as a gay man and an American, nah, probably wouldn't go there. Because the likelihood is so much higher that something might happen. But do I feel that way going to Disney World? Do I even feel that way going to Disneyland Paris? No, of course not, I don't feel that way. Something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen. The thing that scares me about Walt Disney World is that uh, for security, most of the re- Walt Disney World isn't actually the parks. It's like resorts or the TTC or there's tons of places like that you could really get to that there's, that makes the situation a little bit more scary to me than mm-hmm. a lot of the other parks around the world or even Disneyland is that really most of that is getting past security to get anywhere you want to go. Where Disney World, there's lots of Disney World that isn't the parks, which makes it a little bit more... <laughs> think it would be short-sighted to think that there's not security there also right right i guess i'm just thinking strictly bag checks but yeah you're right no of course like i said there's people everywhere there's they're everywhere i i know that they 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 hire a huge force of off uh, off duty uh orange the number of orange county sheriffs that when they're not when they're not on duty or working at disney world would blow your mind um, and that's not the only place they get them from. They get off-duty OPD or Orlando Police Department. Uh, there are off-duty state troopers. There are private security firms that Disney contracts with. I mean, and you better believe Disney and the Department of Homeland Security have each other on speed dial. You know, again, you know, the, the Department of Homeland Security is about focusing on making sure that you know the homeland is protected and of course they have an emphasis on things that are considered premium targets disney world and disneyland are two of those targets 
We were watching the news the other night, and after a day or two after this attack, they showed a video of people at a memorial in the Plaza de, per de Republic, and all of a sudden there was a um, something scared somebody, and the crowd started to run, and people were knocked down. And while they were talking about it, I counted. They showed that video 110 times, yeah. and that was only in the three or four minutes that I watched. It was only a couple of seconds, but it was on repeat. And I kept thinking, you're just showing the same horrible footage over and over again. What? Do you, what? And I think to myself, you know what? It's a scary enough world, but I think part of what they're doing is I think the media has decided that scaring us makes the money and keeps us tuned in. I don't John watch I, the news because of that. I don't, yeah. well, I don't watch the I, I've news I've got to watch all. the news just to be informed, but I don't have to watch the news. John and I realized after 9-11 that we had sat there for days and hadn't moved and watched yeah. the same footage over and over again. Yeah, it's, and the only... I have to talk myself into... We talk each other into let's turn this off or go watch something else or go do something. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you just become obsessed with it. And exactly. I think... I, I think that's human nature, but I think you have to kind of be aware but walk away from it, too. And, you know, again, I just, I don't know. I don't want to live a life based on fear. I really don't. Um, you know, maybe you do. And if you do, you know, God bless you that you're right. But, I mean, I want to live a life with some common sense in it. And try to wherever I can. But the whole idea of I'm not going to go here because there might be a terrorist attack. Makes no sense to me at all. Makes no sense to me at all. Um, but our thoughts and prayers are with the people affected by this in Paris and uh, people all over the world that are affected by terrorism, including here in the United States. We should never lose sight of the fact that we suffered a massive attack, a horrible attack that still affects this country 14 years ago. And we are living in that world now. And that's just a reality. But we are living in that world. I don't want to be sequestered. I don't want to be hidden. I don't want to be curled up in a ball in a corner somewhere afraid. So I don't know about you, but I have no trouble walking into the parks. I have no trouble walking into a resort. And I hope you don't either. I hope none of you use this horrible, awful thing because it sounds trite, but it's very true. If you do, if you do use this awful, horrible event as an excuse or a reason not to do something, then they won. They won, and we lost. So with that, we will move on to rapid fire. And John, All talk right. about gift cards. All right. Let's talk about gift cards. Uh, well, Disney World is going to start accepting digital Disney gift cards. Woo! Uh, beginning November sixteenth, you can use a digital Disney gift card at merchandise stores and quick service restaurants. There's an app called You Do by Disney Y U D O, and that's in the works that will guess, that'll allow guests to manage their gift cards. Um, some locations will scan the phone and others will still need to enter the information manually, and you must present a photo ID at the transaction level. I don't know that this makes it any easier. I don't know why, if I want to use a gift card, I should have to show an ID. Yeah, that you doesn't know? make any sense. It's like, if I want to use money, I have to show an ID. <laughs> it just seems crazy to me. But... Is this really your cash? Right. <laughs> Who cares? It's my gift card. I got it. Someone gave you it to me. might be a terrorist. <laughs> it might be. So I think that this is one of those weird things that Disney seems like a good idea, but 
I don't think it's a big help. Can't you put your gift cards now in the phone? Mm-hmm. The phone. <laughs> <laughs> Not a rotary one. Not a rotary one. That you dial. I don't know if you can do your gift cards on the. Uh, can you do your gift yeah, cards gift using card Apple Pay? I don't know about Disney cards, but you can for a lot of places. Oh, no, for, I know for credit cards. So I mean, like Starbucks. Apple Pay. And, I don't yeah, know that the Disney uh, gift cards go into Regal. Apple Pay. Do you, I've used my. I have now have one of the credit cards with a chip and pin. And I went to Publix the other day. Actually, so it's happened to me two or three doesn't times. Doesn't work. I know, but now they're asking for not only they want my credit card in their hand, I have to show a photo ID to use my credit card. And I think, are there a lot of people scamming Publix? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but if you put your um, and you sign it, a lot of people scamming everywhere. I don't mind being asked for my ID with my credit card just because I've had my wallet stolen. So I'm like, sure, yes, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. Thank you, John. Kevin. You're welcome. All right, I'm going to announce something that's not. Um, we don't usually do in advance. Usually, we usually have contracts and things like that. We don't have a contract yet, so we have to take everything I'm going to say with the idea that this could fall apart. Um, uh, Adventures by Disney usually releases the following year's uh, dates and rates in May or June. And we have asked Adventures by Disney to work with us to start planning our 2017 trip. The reason I've done that is because it's going to be a little longer than our usual trips, and it's going to be a little bit more money. So we're telling people in advance. And I'm hoping that, again, working with Adventures by Disney, that we're going to have this up and running by the first of the year so that we can start booking this trip. Very exciting. Mm, I'm very excited about it, too. You know how people use the phrase bucket list? Mm -hmm. This is one of those things that I just never thought would happen. Um, At this point, it is our intent to take a Diz exclusive group of folks, Diz folks, to China in 2017. Uh, uh, We're at the beginning of October. Our target date will be the trip starting on October 1st. And we are working with Adventures by Disney to tweak this itinerary. So that it fits with our Disney-centric folks. In other words, there's no sense of going to China if we don't visit a park. That's or okay. two. Well, I was being well, more subtle than that, but... Can't promise two, but... We are working on it. We're working on it. Again, I had the caveat at the beginning that this could all fall apart. But that is our plan now. So if you're interested in going to China with us in October of 2017, I already have six or eight people who have said, sign me up. Where do I give you my money? Let me know. It's going to be a group of about 30 people, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But if you're interested in going to China, again, more expensive than a regular ABD trip, but it's a 12-day trip. And I think if we're going to China, we're going. it's a 12-day trip at this point. And Kevin has agreed to reprise his role from the Broadway musical M. Butterfly. It wasn't a musical. No, it was a play. The Broadway I could play. make it a musical. <laughs> M. Butterfly. So I saw that. I saw that with B.D. Wong. Full frontal. <laughs> oh, good God! Was that the reason you paid that much for a ticket? Well, it was a it was a TKTS matinee. Okay. So. So apparently it was <laughs> half price. Or less. Okay. And it was like 1990, I think it was something like that. 1989. All right, thank you, Kevin. Follow that, Steve. All right. <laughs> uh, Santa Claus has come to town at uh, Disney Springs Marketplace. Boy, said with such excitement. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> well, uh, at the marketplace. So you don't believe, you don't receive. Wait a minute. Is this, take that picture up again. 
Is this Santa and the second wife? What, <laughs> what is this picture of? Santa and Nicole Claus. and his, <coughs> Disney Parks blog girl. Oh, all right. I thought maybe it was Apparently wife. Apparently none of us have ever met Santa at Disney Springs, and I can't imagine why okay, we Okay, she should rethink that color. <laughs> Salmon is not your color, dear. But okay. Sorry. Uh, okay, so Santa will be meeting to waiting to meet guests uh, across from Ghirardelli's. Um, photo pass will be available. Uh, if the wait exceeds 30 minutes, you can get a pager or receive a text message. As long as you return within 10 minutes, you can meet Santa. Uh, it'll is there a CS pass for Santa? There is. There is. You have to do it 180 days in advance. <laughs> uh, as long as it's above 30 minutes. Wait, no. Uh, he'll be there until December 24th. I want to go sit on Santa's lap. Good God. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say to that. Nobody did. <laughs> be there till December 24th. Uh, he's there from 12 to 10 p.m. every day. And then from 25th to the 29th, it's uh, Santa Goofy. Because so. <laughs> Santa has to go back to the North Pole. Yeah, he's yes. got a job to do. He's got to rest up. Yep. All right. Thank you, Steve. Julie. Okay, um, Colortopia, presented by Glidden, is now at Interventions. Don't ask me East or West, because I don't remember, and it doesn't say. <laughs> so there's going to be a Power East. of Color Theater, Southwest. a 30-minute experience that explores the psychology of color using different shades, sounds, and narration to showcase how these colors can represent our emotions. Very inside out of them. Mm. There's also going to be a Color Lab. Two interactive stations will encourage everyone to join in on the fun. In color mix and match, you can mix a variety of colors together to create something new. In spinning spectrums, color perception is tested using revolving multicolored discs. This As makes me want to drink. Spins, guests have to guess the color. So those poor people that are colorblind, they're going to be wrong every time. It's <laughs> Kevin. I, I think to myself, <laughs> I paid money to get in here. <laughs> I could and do this in uh, the Home Depot with it actually, looks, it actually looks pretty cool. I think cool. it looks fun, and my kids would love it. So, um, and then there's Color Our World. You use a magnetic, or I mean, a magic paintbrush to create scenes on a digital screen. Huh. There's also an app available, which will allow guests to collect colors from the World Showcase Pavilion to bring home with you. And I believe we just put a video of this experience. Uh, and they up have on a YouTube. website too, um, experiencecolortopia.com. Am I right? Yes. We have. Okay. I didn't watch it. I'm excited to check it out with Ferris and Finley. They love coloring and painting and all that kind of stuff. So I think you should, Kevin's going to take them to Home Depot and tell them they were there. <laughs> Here, here's a swatch. <laughs> we're done. You can collect we'll colors. Color. You can collect Guess colors. Guess the color. <laughs> There's a new ride where they shake the can. <laughs> you know, all right. Thank you, Julie. Rhino. Okay. Mine is to do with some of Kevin's favorite things here. So it's a Star Wars in the park kind of an update here. Um, there's a couple of new things happening. Um, one of those is that uh, starting um, yesterday, I believe it was, they <laughs> they introduced the Jakku, or whatever the desert planet's called, I think that's what it's called, um, scene into the um, Star Tours attraction. And it's going to be permanently locked there, so everybody who goes on Star Tours is going to be able to experience it until, for like, I think, they didn't say specifically, but they said for a couple of months, and then it'll go back to being randomized again. So if you're looking to get a little sneak peek into the movie and be a part of that action, you can go ride the attraction. Yeah, again, with that, there's no spoilers in terms of what's coming up for the movie. So they, they made sure to make that a point whenever they announced it at D23. So don't be like, 
don't go into it and then walk off and yell yeah. at a cast member saying you just ruined the entire movie for me how it's, dare you it's not going to do that um, they also announced that they're going to start doing a uh, an exclusive meet and greet for um, Disney Visa credit card members um, at the uh, launch bay when that opens and that'll be from 11am to 4pm and you just show your Disney uh, Visa credit card and you get to meet some characters there and um, yesterday apparently Disney had a massive um casting call too for what was described as force awakens stuff the article i read i i think was confused because it tried to say it was for the movie which is obviously already in post-production so that's not true but i believe it's for entertainers for the party for the after party for the premiere because they're looking for people in their 20s and 30s who are very knowledgeable of star wars um and they had a male audition and a female audition yesterday so so it's kind of cool to get so did you get the part I, I, I got the female part. <laughs> I'm not, Did you get fitted for your gold bikini? I'm not allowed uh, <laughs> back there yet. So <laughs> we were watching TV the other night, and they showed a good four seconds of the movie, and someone in my living room was very excited. Oh look! Oh look! Uh, I'm I'm just excited for all the new stuff that's coming our way. I don't know if anyone got a chance to watch uh, any video from the hyperspace mountain that they did for season of force out in disneyland Uh, i just saw some b-roll that disney posted of it and it looks freaking incredible like to the point that they probably could have just built their star wars land in tomorrowland and permanently rethemed their uh, space mountain as hyperspace mountain with star wars all year round it's awesome use of the projection technology in there and the star wars soundtrack is anyone else just a little bit worried that the movie might not be good no, uh, I, not at all. Here's no, my thing. Not at all. What they do, it was going to be good. I think it's going to be Abram. better. It, it's at least going to be a seventy percent or higher. That's that's my that's my goal. As long as it's okay, I think it's going to be great. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not shooting for. Okay, Oscar so you're going to accept mediocrity? I will accept anything better than what the last three things were. I was just going to say, so, out of the movies that were shown, a lot of people accepted mediocrity. Yeah. You know, the and each one of them made a billion dollars. Right, so. exactly. I but again, all of them. Th- this is made by somebody who these movies inspired his film career. Uh, you know, this, this these movies are directly responsible for the Star Trek movie in 2009. So I can't imagine that this uber nerd, awesome, amazing filmmaker is going to do There's a, a bad big, story. There's a big thing in this week's uh, Entertainment Weekly. It's really thick. It's like a book, and it's pretty much dedicated to Star Wars, and it looks incredible. The stuff yeah. they're talking about, and the scenes that they're showing, it just it scares me that with this much hype, yeah, can it meet expectations? Yeah, I think it can. I, honestly, I really think it can. So, alright, thank you, Rhino. Jackie, you have anything? I do. So this... Into the microphone, love. This this rapid fire is kind of close to my heart because the the children's activity centers at Disney were a really special place when my kids were young enough to go. And I'm excited to say that there's some new programming that's going to be happening at the children's activity centers. They are from eight for kids ages three to 12, for those of you who don't know. And it's going to take place at two of the activity centers. So the Sandcastle Club at Disney's Beach Club Resort and at Lilo's Playhouse at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. They are now going 
going to offer cooking activities, adventures in science, plus enchanted character interactions. So incredibly cool. So they were already really, really cool, in my opinion and in my kids' opinion. They're both bummed that they can't go anymore. And I said, well, you'll just have to get a job there um, when you're old <laughs> enough to do that. So we'll just, you know, need to move down here. Um, so those additions, as well as the toys and games, dress-up, crafts, storytelling, and dancing for little ones, too. And dinner is included as well. So they are also changing their pricing structure. Um, what they're doing is they're only charging $55 per child from 4.30 until midnight, where they used to charge a rate per child per hour. And then you would receive a small discount on your second child, but it wasn't much. So if you're planning on having a real nice, you know, long evening out um, without your kids, $55 isn't too bad. So um, if you want to make some reservations for that, just call 407-WDW-DINE, and your kids are sure to have a great time. Great. Thank you, Jackie. You Craig. Bet. Okay. So for everyone who is sitting up at home tomorrow night, uh, wherever you live, uh, if you want a little taste of that Disney magic at your house, then... Uh, tune into Disney Parks blog uh, at 10.30 p.m. tomorrow night. They will be doing some live streaming from the Osborne uh, family spectacle of Dancing Lights at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, just a, another uh, another aspect of their unforgettable Christmas celebrations that they have going on right now. They've already done at least one uh, failed live broadcast of the frozen Christmas lighting where the audio didn't work. So hopefully it works for this one around, so that way. Oh, I didn't realize that uh, they had problems. That's what I've been hearing, that it went up and the the video was beautiful, but there was absolutely no audio going along with it. Uh, I feel like this event really kind of leans on audio to make it a little bit yeah. more impressive. Yeah. But, uh, and if you don't like that, then Rhino will be there at 1029 to live stream out and beat them to the punch, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or he won't. But Maybe. yeah, tune in. All right. Thank you, Craig. That'll do it for Rapid Fire. Before we close, I want to talk just a little bit about something I'm extremely excited about, which is Star Wars Battlefront, the newest video game in the Star Wars series, uh, was released at midnight last night. Um, Mine just downloaded automatically to my PlayStation. I wasn't staying up. So this morning I got a chance to dig into it a little bit. Uh, now, uh, we are going to have a full-on review this Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, Freeform Friday. Yay, we're doing it again. So we're going to have full coverage of Star Wars Battlefront. But I can tell you this, from the 45 minutes to an hour that I played it this morning, go buy this game. It's amazing. The graphics are just mind-blowing. It's photorealistic. It is you get to do some really cool stuff. You're flying X-wings. You're uh, uh, you're you're pilot. You're 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 driving an ATST, and you know it's first person or third person. You can decide you know which way. Because I don't like the first person. That just freaks me out. I have a problem with first person. So third person where the camera's behind you and you actually see the character. That I can deal with. Um, control is great. Graphics are great. I really can't say a lot about the gameplay right now uh, because I really haven't dug into it enough. We're going to do some more with it tonight. But I know it is available for download if you have a PS4, an Xbox One, and I'm not sure about the Wii U. 
and I don't think they're releasing this for the 360 or the PS3, are they? Not that I'm aware of. I did. I, I will say a little fun fact about this here. I, I went to uh, the, the. I'm sorry. It is. It's not on Wii U. It's uh, uh, available on Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One only. But go ahead, Ryan. I, I went to the uh, video game panel at uh, D23, and they, um, the makers of this video game, came out and they talked about how Star Wars, the definitive home of Star Wars gaming, is going to be PlayStation. Um, but. They were allowed access to like the props and um, everything from the original trilogy, or all the trilogies, I guess. But I think this takes place in the original. In one. the original, yeah. yeah. So, so all like the lightsabers, everything is was actually digitally scanned in to create the thing. So it's as realistic as it can be. Um, and then they were also <laughs> they scouted like where they shot the movies so that the locations where the video games taking place are accurate to where the movie took place too. So it's very. It's 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 it was actually a really cool panel. Like I don't usually get that much into video games like that, but like when they started talking about that, I was like, wow, there's a lot more that goes into this than I expected. So they are they are very thorough here. What what blew me away just out of the gate playing this game was how realistic everything looked. How incredibly realistic. The character, the facial expressions, the the the, the landscape, the sky, everything it looked like a movie. It looked like you were playing a movie. And it was incredible. And the control was really good. Um, now, was this game you'd play? Because I'm going to have an extra copy for the PS4. Uh, I haven't been playing games in a really long time. I haven't okay. set up the thing you gave me yet. I will say this. I gave him a PS4. It's sitting in a bag. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, this is actually related to that. Did you get the new Apple TV yet? Yes. Did you download Disney Infinity on that? Uh, no. Because you can download the apps from the App Store and you can play games. And it's free, first of all, which is pretty cool. Oh. But it's very hard to use that controller. So they say use the... I, I, I got the the regular controller for it. Okay. But it looked really cool, the three seconds. Yeah, I haven't dug in too much to the new Apple TV, honestly. I like it a lot. It's very cool. But I will tell you, Battlefront looks amazing. They are <laughs> estimating this is going to sell, in its initial run, 13 million copies which I think will make it the best-selling video game or one of the best-selling video games of all time. This would be wow. huge. But this is one of the bellwethers Disney is looking at in terms of how well merchandising and marketing is going to go for the new for the new movie. And oh, please. It's everywhere. You could, They had um, now, Star Wars coffee creamer yeah, in Publix invested, the other day. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, yes, but they, they did. Didn't. Well, maybe they did, but they didn't invest $160 million in it. Okay, this is 160. Creamer didn't have oh, that much. 160 also Star million. Wars macaroni and cheese. That's all that. This is a 160 million dollar investment in this video game. So this is a big. Uh, this is definitely a big uh, a big bellwether for them, in terms of of how this is going to. And you're also not going to pay. Well, what is it? Seventy dollars for uh, Star Wars Creamer. Um, you don't know that. I think <laughs> I've already spent that much in Star Wars Creamer. <laughs> so. Uh, very exciting, but again, this Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Live, disunplugged.com will be Freeform Friday, and we'll be talking all about Star Wars Battlefront. So if you want the full review and come hang out with some of us on a kind of relaxed and informal Friday night show, 8 p.m. Friday, Eastern Time, disunplugged.com. That is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And for those of you who join us Friday, we'll see you then. If not, wishing everybody 
a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody has a great holiday, and we will see you again in two weeks. So take care, everybody, and remember, go to Disneyland. Bye. Bye.